Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum, and I'm your host for episode 40 of the Student Ministry Podcast. So whether this is your very first time listening in, or maybe you've been with us for all 40 episodes, or maybe somewhere in between, I am so glad that you're here joining us for another conversation with another amazing youth worker. Today, we're going to be talking with Jason Scott. Jason is a uh, minister to students down in Roswell, Georgia, and I'm so excited for you to hear about what God God has been doing in his ministry over the last several years and just hear about him talking about how they create encounters for their students. And it's all about uh, just putting them in some opportunities where, where God can work. And it, it's a great conversation about that stuff. But we also get to talk about uh, what he's done around the Worship Collective. And this is a, a website, uh, kind of a, a, a database, if you will, of people that are out there, uh, ministers just like you and I, uh, maybe some musicians and some other people that are available to book for all of our events and, and some of those encounters. And so um, I'm excited about uh, you hearing what all he is doing around both his ministry um, at his local church, but also for all of us youth workers. So um, get excited and uh, and be sure to keep tuning in uh, for that conversation in just a few minutes. But before we do that, I do want to thank our sponsors because uh, they're awesome and uh, we really couldn't do this without them. So first of all is WorkCamp NE. Their website is W-O-R-K-C-A-M-P-N-E.com. They've been a longtime sponsor of the Student Ministry Podcast. And uh, what it really comes down to is this. If you're looking for a youth ministry mission trip, um, if you've been looking for an opportunity for your students to really get out and make a difference in a community and connect with uh, both the people they're serving and other youth groups that are around, check out WorkCamp NE. Uh, check out their website. Let them know we sent you. Um, you will not be let down. Uh, it's a great organization. I've been working with them for many years, and uh, they just create some awesome experiences. And talk about encounters. I mean, that's what they do. They create these encounters where people, uh, your students and leaders can just come together alongside others uh, from other churches and just go out and serve and make a huge difference. And uh, yeah, you won't be disappointed. So check out WorkCampNE.com to find out more about them. And if you can't attend their summer camps, uh, you can also book a, a private trip through them as well. So make sure you do let them know that uh, we sent you. Um, and we do thank WorkCamp NE for sponsoring uh, this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. We also want to thank our other sponsor of the National Network of Youth Ministries. And their website is youthworkers.net. Now, if you're trying to do this alone, um, it's time to change that. Um, that's what the uh, National Network of Youth Ministries is all about. It's about connecting youth workers with other youth workers so that we can network, but also encourage each other, hold each each other accountable, pray for each other. Um, I've been actually uh, in the process of connecting with a lot of other youth workers in my area uh, here in Northern Colorado over the last few months. And let me tell you, it has drastically changed my ministry. Uh, the, uh, after I've been connected with others, I, I was, you know, feeling a little bit of doing on my own, um, just because it was tough to connect with others. I, I understand because a lot of us have been in those places where it's just hard to connect with others. But once I started connecting with others, oh, my ministry drastically changed. So if you are in the, uh, you know, looking out for other youth workers, you want to connect and network with them, check out their website at youthworkers.net. 
Now, with all that out of the way, I just want to remind you one more time uh, to subscribe and to share this podcast with others. Get the word out there. We would love a positive comment uh, on your favorite podcast app uh, that helps us kind of rise to the top and for other people to find the, uh, the student ministry podcast. But um, but that's that'd be awesome if you're able to do that. that that'd just be so great. Um, but with all that out of the way, uh, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with Jason Scott. All right. Hey, Jason, how's it going? Things are good, Steve. Steve, yeah. are good. We appreciate uh, having you having us on and, and uh, love what you're doing and just glad to be a part of it. Well, thanks so much. I'm, I'm excited to get to talk to you today. You know, we, we pretty much have just uh, struck up this conversation over the last couple of weeks. And, and so um, in addition to our listeners uh, getting to know you today, I'm, I'm excited to get to know you a little more today and, uh, and hear what God's been doing uh, both through your church and through what you've now been able to do to, to help youth workers and, and other ministries and churches uh, around the world, around the country. Yeah, thanks so much. I, I just, one of my favorite things in the world is just to talk to other youth pastors, I mean, even the young ones who are scared and don't know what they're doing and, and think they know what they're doing, and the ones who've been around who realize they don't know what they're doing, but Played off real well, so I love everybody. You know, it's it's great conversations always. That pretty much sums up all of us. So. <laughs> That's right. We either don't know what we're doing, or we we don't know we don't know what we're doing. Or we fake it really well. Exactly. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, as our, our longtime listeners uh, know, I, I love to start off with just talking about your story. Like, how did um, how has God been working in your life over the years to to bring you to the point where you are today? And and I'd love to hear you. You know, even uh, your salvation story, how, how God worked in your life to, to bring you into relationship with, with Jesus, but also to bring you into ministry and to, to what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, as as pastors and ministers, we we get others to tell their story all the time. And sometimes we forget how powerful our own story can be. We think we tell it way too much. And then there's so many people who haven't heard it, even in our own congregations, our own youth groups. So. So, yeah, I was um, you know, I grew up. In a in a pretty broken home, and and when I was eight, my parents divorced, um, and it was a you know pretty significant thing in your life. So from then until about thirteen, I lived with my mom, um, and and I had a pretty good relationship with my dad. I guess we saw him off and on. He had gotten remarried, the typical um, kind of left behind story, and. Uh, but then at 13, my mom uh, moved away, and my brother and I were left to m- live with our grandmothers. My father wasn't in a place to to take us, so I moved with my uh, paternal grandmother, and he moved in with my maternal grandmother. And it was like two roads dividing. He was mm-hmm. a couple years older than I was, um, and a senior in high school at this point. So he went uh, to live with her and did his thing. Uh, I moved in with my, gr- my my dad's mother and she took me to church. I had never been to church much before in my life, but she went to church and the doors are open. We were there. Uh, love, you know, until when I tell the kids, I always lead it by saying my grandmother had a, a drug problem, you know, one of those, <laughs> she drugged me to church every week, kind of <laughs> nice. dad jokes, things, right? Yeah. I'm, I get, oh, when I, when I tell that now, so I don't tell it quite as often. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I was, um, 
I was at a camp. My first, my first summer was living with her. I was going to church and went to this uh, Methodist camp, and it was unlike any other Methodist camp I've ever known since then. I've been a lifelong Methodist since then, but this was, uh, I mean, if it weren't Pentecostal, I don't know what it was. It was <laughs> these were the the Pentecostals, I guess, uh, <laughs> Methodicals, whatever you want to call them. But they, we had three hours of worship every night. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, and this was circa 1986, so. You know, this is even like before Amy Grant, so you know, <laughs> and uh, Michael W. Smith. So it was that old stuff, right? Uh, guitar troupe up there. They would just sing for an hour and hour and a half. He'd preach for an hour, and then we'd have like another hour altar call or something. So it was just, and, uh, and it was during that time where I uh, was there, and like a lot of other kids, I, I made that walk up to the front and didn't know what I was doing. My my feet started moving, but my body didn't want to go, and <laughs> I just remember that feeling of, I don't want to walk up. What am I doing? What am I doing? You know. Yeah. Then I got up there, and, and this guy just started talking to me. He said, you know, if you just came up here because you feel bad or guilty, then that's not what this is about. And we sat there for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. He didn't just pray over me and send me on. He really explained a lot that wasn't explained in the message. And, and it was it was amazing, you know, to have that somebody really explained to me that way. And so at the end of that conversation, I I gave my life to Jesus there at Camp Sumatanga in Gallant, Alabama. Um, nice. I'm originally from from Alabama myself, so um, and that's where I went to camp. So came home, and from 13 to 18, I did what every, almost every teenager we see, you know, you 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 speak it but don't live it. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is, I didn't have a, a great personal relationship. I wasn't, I wasn't a, a, a sold out disciple. Mm-hmm. I was a believer at that point. And fast forward through my high school years and playing football and get involved with stuff I didn't need to get involved with, and didn't have a great influence, you know, uh, parental influence in my life. So I saw football coaches as that, as many do, and. These are not football coaches I should have looked at as mm. as parental figures. And, and so my senior year, um, I'd been working at the radio station at that point. And so yeah. I'd wanted to kind of not play football. So um, I had uh, – when I was about – a senior year, I, I literally can remember the moment I pulled over on the side of the road and had been wrestling with God for, for a few months here and – and just the the conviction of things that I'd been doing and hearing at church and just, you know, pretending to be somebody I wasn't. I literally just pulled over on the side of the road and just started sobbing, mm-hmm. you know, as an 18-year-old guy and uh, said, you know, God, if this whole thing's real, if you are real, then I'm sorry and I'm yours. And that's just it. That's just kind of how the whole thing mm-hmm. began. And I sat there for an hour just crying and praying and and laughing and crying and praying and and uh, by the time I got done with that uh, I didn't know what I was going to do or how I was going to do it but I knew my life was uh, going to be given to serve God in some form or fashion however he saw fit so mm. uh, wow. fast forward a couple of years I I'd made up my mind while I was in high school I was going to be an architect and that's kind of what I just love math and and my dad was an engineer and so it's kind of in my blood a little bit so I started school the first year and I was an architect uh, major and um, I started attending uh, one of the campus ministries it was a BCM Baptist Campus Ministries where I was 
because uh, there wasn't a Wesley Foundation at this small school. I had gotten a scholarship to go to this community college, and okay. I was set on not going, right? I'm like, I yeah. am not going to that place. And my dad said, oh, yeah, you are. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so I had to go to this little community college. I was mad first before I transferred to Auburn, where I graduated. Um, and so, but during that year, I started going to this campus ministry, and it was the only only thing they had really other than FCA. And so, but it was a great place. And the guys, uh, connected me with some summer missionary work. So that next summer I, I served in Orlando, Florida on a worship arts, performing arts team. Mm. So we went around and did, if you remember, you're, you know, you, you're not, you're, you're a little older. You might remember the, <laughs> the nineties youth group and the, the human videos and all that stuff that yeah. was all the rage in the nineties, yeah. right? The awesome gods and all those things. Yeah. So that's all we did. We went down okay. there and this was circa 1991 and we were on a drama team and we went around church to church and did, and out in the open in these open air shopping centers and just performed mm-hmm. these dramas and stuff. So, and did vacation Bible schools at trailer parks. And it was just a, an amazing summer. Um, I'd never been, my youth group, it was great. I mean, it was an amazing place. When I was there, we had about 30 kids in our youth group. And, and you know, it to me, it was just a place where we just hung out and we had five minutes of Jesus. You know, it was a great yeah. place. It was good influence. But out of that 30 group of people, we never went on a mission trip while mm-hmm. I was in youth group. Right? But out of those 30, about 12 of those, or 12 to 15 of those, and I don't know how many now, but are in full-time Christian service somewhere. Wow. So. I, right. I mean, this wasn't your typical great, you know, huge Bible studies or yeah. small groups or we just had youth group on Sunday night. That's hmm. it. That's all we ever did. And we did yeah. like, a, like a camp, a beach camp. That's all we ever did. Yeah. Because <laughs> our preacher was our youth pastor as well. So. OK. Um, so anyway, so we um, we did this thing. And while I was there, I got to go to these churches, these large churches. And that's my, that's when my calling came to do youth ministry. Before that, I kind of had thought about youth ministry and I was going to like, I didn't know how to do it. I came from small town, Alabama. My preacher was the youth director. I wasn't going to be a preacher. I knew that. I just, that, that wasn't what I wanted to do. And, and so I was going to be a teacher. I, I'd convinced myself by the time the summer came around, I was going to be a, change my major to be a teacher so I could do youth ministry during the summer. Uh, but while I got there, I saw these huge churches and I saw what they had were full-time youth pastors. Never even heard of such in my little mm-hmm. small town, right? Yeah. And my eyes just got widened. I mean, I literally, if, if, if I heard angels and hallelujahs in the background, I would not have been surprised. <laughs> it was that kind of obvious, like that's it. That's what I'm supposed to do. So awesome. came back and kind of went that direction. I got my first youth job the next year when I was a junior in college after I moved to Auburn. Uh, did that, served in little Dadeville, Alabama for two years. And then I moved on to full-time. I've served in Jacksonville, Florida and Jasper, Alabama and my hometown of Alex City, Alabama. And then I moved to Georgia and been here since about, um, since about 2011. So we've been in, uh, no, 2009, sorry. So we've been over here about 10 years in Georgia. Um, uh, in Roswell, where I am now, been serving here almost eight years. Uh, total, twenty six years of student ministry now, and wow, have things changed? You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds like some old guy saying, right? <laughs> that just 
I told somebody just the other day, I said, this job used to be fun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's man. still fun, but it yeah. used to be a lot of fun. Right, um, right. I was, I was just talking to uh, one of my friends the other day, and we were in the middle of <clears throat> just a, a really difficult situation with a student that um, has had some struggles and stuff, and we had to make some tough calls and tough conversations with it's a it's a broken family situation as well and and uh, it was just hard and I and I texted him later on the day and you know I was like when can I go back to just like eating pizza and, and playing laser tag all night like that's what yeah. I want to go back to <laughs> yeah. just building those relationships yeah. talking about Jesus and just having yeah. you know yeah <laughs> but but you know it, it in a way it's it's more rewarding now totally. um, because I feel like it's more real now mm. Than maybe it was in the past. Maybe we yeah. thought it was real, and but you know, kids were just going through the motions a lot. But we're mm. you know, we have we have developed now new systems. Not just us, but I mean, all youth ministries and in really focusing on discipleship and mm. relationships more so than we maybe we have in the past. And maybe that's been our problem. You yeah. know, that we haven't really seen the value of of one-on-one or, or, you know, real intimate discipling with kids and students. And so, um, we're, we're more worried about numbers and mm-hmm. large groups, shows <laughs> and productions and, you know, uh, having the biggest group in the city or whatever it is, uh-huh. you know, whatever pressures we feel just I think, I think, Across the board, I've seen a lot of youth pastors, their their groups have shrunk in size, but their depth, I think, has grown. So, Yeah, um, yeah for sure. Yeah. Oh, I think man. we're just, that's where the pendulum has swung right now, and that's where we totally. are. But, yeah. and, and, and I think, yeah, I mean, I could, I don't want to take over the, my own podcast, but <laughs> I'll just say that, like, I, I'm totally there with you. I think, I think in, a, in a lot of ways, we, we need to make that switch as well because i think um, we we were focusing maybe on the on the wrong things and not all the wrong things but a lot of the wrong things over the last several years so it's been it's been cool to see that that pendulum kind of swing the other way and now you know youth ministry is a is a very legitimate ministry in the church that is doing some some hopefully some amazing discipleship with with teenagers yeah. and setting them on the right path I think training is a big deal. There's a lot more offer opportunities now for people to be trained and know what to do. Most of us started out, uh, you know, experience was our only trainer and mm. we had to learn by mistake. And, and, uh, you know, we were always told, to, you know, to do the, the Paul thing, right? Get a Barnabas, get mm-hmm. a Silas, get a Timothy, somebody older, younger, you can pour into older, mm-hmm. you can learn from, but how many really did that, you know, and that's really the only training we ever had. Well, if you chose somebody who stunk, then you yeah. know, that's all you had as <laughs> your right. mentor. So, um, but yeah, I, you know, I just, I think you're right. I think you're there. I think it scared a lot of people. I think yeah. it scared a lot of older youth pastors who've been doing it for a while to think that they would be obsolete if they didn't, you know, kind of turn the ship a little bit and, and focus more on individual discipleship among on on issues we're, we're afraid sometimes in the church especially the, those who are lean more conservative to address issues we're afraid to talk about things like some of these social justice issues because we think that's the liberals are supposed mm-hmm. to do that or whatever you know yeah. so i think some of the conservative need to really think about these things because uh that's where you know gen z that's what they say their number yeah. one concern is so. yep we're going to reach them, and then we need to be there to be able to have those discussions without being first defensive, right? About you know where we have been in the past and as a church, but uh, but also to be open and and 
but but also to be firm, and this is what's lost a lot of time. Just my opinion, Steve, but mm-hmm. to be firm in in leading with the gospel. Yeah. You know, that's I think that's something that we we want to address the issue without mm-hmm. having the foundation to address it with. Sometimes, yeah, uh, yeah, and so. For whatever reason, offending people or or, yeah. or whatever it is, but you know that's just that's what we're called to do. Be totally. carriers of that of that word. So yeah, I was talking with a couple of our our high school students over Easter, and we we spent uh, a little more time than usual um, leading up into Easter and and around Easter, talking about a lot more about the resurrection this year and and the significance of, of Jesus's resurrection, and even in conversation, as you were saying, and about the gospel and. And a lot of people like to have those, uh, what I would call just surface level conversations and the mess of, of, of stuff that, that probably would just continue to keep causing arguments. But, but we need to be able to go to the deeper thing like, and discuss the, the gospel itself and what do you believe about Jesus and who he is and what he's done for you. you know? And then we'll, we'll trust the Holy Spirit that he'll take care of it, all the other stuff and we'll figure out the rest of the stuff. But, but we don't often go to the, that deeper uh thing of, of the gospel itself and take our conversations there first. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and I think that's what we have to do. We, we, we have a, you know, one of those models in our church and a lot of people have those models of, of how we disciple and how we grow our ministry and how we reach out to people and, you know, the funnel, the house model, whatever you do, but mm-hmm. people have to, you have to grow eventually, you know, and, but you also can't just, uh, start out uh, telling people they're going to go to hell right. and, and expect them to show up to your church. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and not to bash any people who do that kind of thing, but it's, I think you have to meet people where they are mm-hmm. and show them that church can be a fun place to be, but without watering down the word, you know, right. but then eventually you develop a, an opening, you develop an opportunity, you earn a relationship, you earn the right to speak to them somehow and then you can you begin that process of of, of discipling uh, you, you just it, it becomes an it becomes a process and we have to continue that process many people want to just get them in get them you know get their ticket to heaven and mm-hmm. move on to the next one and yeah. i heard um i don't know tony campolo is one of those old guys who's been around a long time and and uh just every time i hear tony speak i want to go sell everything i have and <laughs> And moved to you know Africa or something, yeah. right? but uh, but uh, he he said you know he I heard him speak uh, speak one time at one of the youth worker conventions and he said we have to be both priests and prophets and that's mm-hmm. where we fall sometimes we we always kind of like the idea of the prophet we want to fly in mm-hmm. and get them all saved and get and everything's exciting and everything's wonderful and then we run on to the next one and then people are just left there but mm-hmm. the priests were there who who had tradition who had history who had you know uh the, the knowledge and they would teach and disciple people so i think that's what we're we're called to do maybe both be rabbis and and prophets yeah. to our students. So that's great. Uh, which mm-hmm. is it's a, a nice transition, actually. So let's talk about your ministry and and how sure. you do that there in, in Roswell. Um, you're the minister to students, so like feel free to kind of unpack that. What's your what's your role look like, and uh, what's your your ministry uh, there look like? Yeah, absolutely. We like I said, we've been here about eight years. We man, we are so blessed, and everyone says that, and I and I. 
And I've said that sometimes and not meant it, but I'm so blessed to be at this place. We have an amazing facility. Uh, Back in about 2000, the church really took a huge investment and built a 30,000 square foot facility just for youth ministry. And You know, I've been I've been around a long time, and I have seen very few comparable to this building, and it's just an amazing facility. I mean, gym and cafes and worship spaces and classrooms and game rooms and everything you know you could possibly imagine. But you know, as great as that is, it 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 is not what we want the kids to be attracted to. Mm. We want them to. Our our goal is that we offer encounters to students somehow, retreats, mission trips, uh, whatever it is that we're doing. We just want to. Our our mission statement is we we exist to lead students to encounter Jesus Christ and then respond with their lives. Mm-hmm. So we we make sure that we try to make sure that everything we do falls in line with that, and that uh, we we really place emphasis on on those opportunities where they can experience. Jesus somewhere, either during worship or outside of the space or in uh, on a retreat or in the community, whatever it is. But we, we make sure that I mentioned before we we have this huge now in our in our youth facility looks like an old like Victorian nursing home to be honest with. You. We live in uh, <laughs> so attractive to students on the outside, right? Because because we live in a historic district downtown, our, our church is. So okay. we had to go through the we refer to as the hysterical society and they <laughs> to approve the, the, the outside structure and the architecture and all that stuff. So it was a, it was an ordeal, but when I, I remember coming to interview at this place and I pulled up and I saw this place and the first thing I thought was, what man, they have this huge nursing home right here on campus of the church is what it looked like uh, assisted living or something like that. But uh-huh. you get in and it's totally different on the inside and people are amazed when they walk inside, how different it looks. Um, but you know, the newness is worn off, you know, the building is now almost 20 years old. And okay. so, you know, it's not it, the, the, the joy of newness of it is, is kind of gone. So everybody kind of has taken it for granted. And I try to, not do that. Every time I walk across the street to the church, main church campus building and I come back across, I look at it and I remind myself how blessed we are to mm-hmm. have the space. So so having this place, and it looks like this huge Victorian house kind of thing outside. It has mm-hmm. these amazing porches. So we developed our ministry model to be that house model. Okay. Um, so on the outside, uh, we have these amazing porches. When I grew up in small town Alabama, my grandmother used to sit out on the porch in the summertime and I was this is even before I, I, I mentioned I moved with her. Before mm-hmm. then, I would go visit during the summertime. We'd be there during the day. At nighttime, she'd go out and sit in the evening, and people would walk the neighborhood. Yeah. Right? And so as they walked the neighborhood, they would just kind of stop by and gather on the porch. And they would have these conversations, and they were neighbors, and they were friends, and they were talking, and move on. So that was kind of the concept of of our front porch ministry. What does that look like? Well, we're going to offer things that are fun. We're going to offer things that kids can feel free and comfortable to bring their friends to, especially their unchurched friends who may have had bad experiences with church. Very few kids today are unchurched, you mm-hmm. know, especially in the South where we're from. Sorry. Yeah. That may not be the case around the, the rest <laughs> of the country, but in my little sphere of the world down here, yeah. you know, few kids are actually 
quote unquote unchurched. And so we, um, we do those things. We call them outreach events and, and we, we do those events intentionally that we make sure we gather information for them. There's a purpose for those things that we can follow up with people. Um, if we can't do that well for that event, then we don't do that event, but we try to make sure the kids know that it's not just for them to show up and have fun to, but that they are, you know, to bring friends and, Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. So once you do that, you, you come, you get involved, you choose to either join our group, be a part of it, commit to coming here, whatever it is, you make that decision to be a part of our group or, or even, you know, you make that decision to follow Jesus. Uh, you make a commitment either at confirmation or camp with us or whatever, or, or one of our, one of our regular worship services, whatever it is, you make that commitment and then you become part of the group and part of the family and part of the ministry. So you move inside into the house. You got to go through the door, make that commitment somehow. Mm -hmm. And you go into the living room and the living room, uh, is where we do life together. It's the, it's where you start learning about Jesus, who he is, uh, our regular Sunday school classes that we do, we call cafe. We just try to do it a little differently. It's not Mm -hmm. typical Sunday school, a little creative ways to do things, but just trying to mix it up. Those kind of things, not super committed things, but things that you can go to and learn more and develop that relationship and, and, uh, and, and grow in your faith and understand what it means to, to be a Christ follower and, and those kind of things. And then, uh, eventually, you know, most of our kids are there. Most of, I would say 80% of our kids live in that space Mm -hmm. and we'd love for them to move out of that space into the kitchen table. Because when you go to the kitchen table, only a few people sit around. You sit so close to somebody, you can smell their breath. You can you can see if there's something on their teeth, what they ate. So it's intimate space, right? And you got to really be committed to be a part of that group. And so that's our deeper Bible studies where we don't we're committed to learning scripture and, and studying it. We have a a program that we had done before. We're going to relaunch soon called the Journey Program. It was a friend of mine in uh, in. Birmingham, Alabama kind of came up with this idea. And I think you can find it. I don't know if I can share other websites or ministries or that kind of thing, but, but this idea of the journey program, you can find it on downloadyouthministry.com and just look up a journey program or look up uh, David Thompson. And, but this program is so cool. Um, It's just a one-on-one mentorship program. So we have, and it has just been phenomenal. We, we started it with our high schoolers before, and we um, took a, took a year or two off because uh, we went through some staff changing and it kind of fell and fell through the cracks and we didn't get to do it as much as we wanted to. So we're, we're revamping it and starting again uh, soon. Uh, but it's, it's essentially you recruit adults, good, solid adults who would be a mentor, a one-on-one spiritual mentor with students and we went as far as to do personality assessments and, you know, there's a, a little extensive application to make sure we get the right people matched with the right person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but we had the first year we did it, I think we had like 30 or 40 high school students who signed up and they were all paired and we had a couple of adults extra and only about two of those didn't make and last. And what you do is you commit for the whole year for okay. the school year. And, uh, and there's a curriculum for every grade level. And so this grade is going to read this number of books in the Bible. They're going to commit to reading like five or six of these books together with their adult. They have a choice of these two other books to read. Like, you know, we did, we did some easier stuff and some more difficult stuff. So we kind of gave them a, a, 
uh, one that was a little bit more conservative and one was a little more liberal book that they could kind mm-hmm. of choose from. Just, you know, I, people are, are real iffy about that. But we have conversations and we train the adults and how to how to do that and how to handle that. If someone is if their personal theology is a little more conservative and they choose the more uh, liberal book, uh, mm-hmm. then you walk through them and you don't just explain to them that, you know, this is not fact. This is mm-hmm. this person's opinion. And you're just discussing these things with them. We, we try to line them up with someone theologically where they are as well. So to help them in that direction. Um, and, and so I don't know, like there's some Bob Goff in there. There's some, some, um, Francis Chan in there, you know, just different books. Yeah. Crazy love the, the, the super typical, very popular mainstream books are yeah. pretty much Jan okay. or whatever. Um, but you can, you can adjust the curriculum, just the idea of it and the template of it he has there and you can modify it in any way, obviously you want, but there's also an accountability factor for worship. Attending mm-hmm. worship and how important that is mm-hmm. as accountability factor for service as well. Uh, where have you served? How can you serve? How can you do more? And so basically the, the mentor meets with the student. What we say is a minimum of once every two weeks for an hour um, or a maximum of once a week for an hour. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it's not more of a commitment than one hour a week, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's at least twice a month that you meet and you can do by phone if you want to, it's, you know, talk a little bit just so you're connecting with each other. Um, we had them do FaceTime. We had them do Skype. We did one-on-ones and with today's culture, all the people I've talked to about it said, Oh, we can't do that. Cause we can't do one-on-one meetings. Like sure you can't, hmm. you, you, you meet in a place, yeah. you know, you go to a coffee shop. You, there's plenty of things you can do for any of the church, um, uh, you know, safe sanctuaries or whatever policy right. you have. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, just a, it's one of those things that as youth pastors, we think we have to be the ones to do those mm-hmm. things. Yeah. You know, we have, we're, that's our job. We get paid. No one else can do that. We can't <laughs> trust anybody else to do that. You know, that's crazy, right? That's, yeah. that's crazy thinking. So, so it was just a really cool way that there's this other adult who these kids didn't know by the time they're done, they have a, a spiritual mentor and through the church and the church, um, recognizes that and it supports that. And so it was a really neat process. So one of those things, that's just kind of the example of the, of the kitchen table that I was talking about. Okay. So, so that's kind of the, when we plan things, when we do things, we make sure we, we know what area of those three, that, that whatever it is we're planning and we know the purpose of that event, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to go and have an altar call at a front porch event, mm-hmm. but we're not going to, you know, plan some just outright fun thing, for a kitchen table thing. That's mm-hmm. not what those kids are expecting there. So right. we just make sure we know what we're, what we're doing and why we're doing it, kind of having purpose for it. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's worked. What, what doesn't work sometimes is doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Right. So we have to be willing. And that's so another thing. Some of our older youth pastors may not quite be willing to do. And I've had to learn it as well as, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta, change some things just right. just because it worked for you for 15 years doesn't mean it continues to work for you now with the new people. So you have to be yeah. willing, willing to hear criticism, uh, from parents and kids and, you know, and be able to take that without being defensive right. and then, uh, being able to, to take critique and, and move on and change. So, yeah. 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 That's, so that's we're, we're, we're real big. And like you said, as far as that goes, what we want to do, we, we're, we try to focus a lot on missions um, and retreats. Okay. And so like the summer we go to 
Honduras, we do a family trip. Each kid who goes really kind of has to have a parent go with them. Um, so, so it's an intentional family trip to Honduras. We are going to Alaska this summer to do mm. some hurt, uh, some, uh, earthquake okay. relief yeah. from the earthquake that happened earlier in the year. Uh-huh. Um, and then we're going to, that's a high school only trip. And then we were going to do middle school only, but, uh, we went during spring break to Panama city and just saw the absolute devastation that's mm. still there. People have forgotten about the Gulf coast. And really? I didn't hurt- realize yeah, I I didn't even realize it was still that bad. That's yeah, it. I mean, it looks like an atomic bomb went off. Ninety percent wow. of the trees are gone wow. in that area. Yeah, uh, the little city of Mexico Beach. I would say eighty percent of the houses are either severely damaged or beyond repair. Wow. Yeah, and so so we're gonna go. But we went during spring break and helped a, a, a church out. One of the, one of my friends, who's a youth pastor down there uh, in Lynn Haven, which is just north of Panama City. Mm-hmm. And uh, so after coming back, we said, "Nope, we got to open this up to everybody. We mm-hmm. need more people to go." So we're making it a, a almost an all youth and all family trip okay. uh, to Panama City to do some work down there. So uh, yeah, if, if anybody's looking for something to do, that's a a great project to look into. Just uh, Panama City can always use. Always use the help, whether it's adult teams or youth teams. Wow, cool! But yeah, so that's that's awesome. So that's a big proponent, yeah, of what we do, yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, it seems like, and what we were talking about earlier too. I mean, the especially this next generations that are coming up, they they want to be a, a part of something that's that's really matters. It's not just about just the fun aspects. They, I think, even for for people that have that have caught wind of what God wants to do through them, typically that happens on a mission experience or some sort of encounter like you guys are able to provide. Um, it's not going to happen necessarily because, you know, some guy stood on a stage and gave an eloquent, you know, message. Most of the time that's going to happen when they actually get their hands dirty and they're actually like living out their faith, even if they're not really sure what that means yet. They're able to see that firsthand and uh, and capture what God can truly do through them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. But uh, so you also have this this other aspect of your ministry uh, that's uh, fairly new, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's tell us about the, the Worship Collective and how that all came about and what that's all about. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, we, a lot of youth pastors have side gigs because <laughs> yeah. it's not the most lucrative business to be in financially. Uh, and that's Wait, not— you get not this what, for the money? What? Right. <laughs> Well, I, uh, I I got stories about that too. Yeah, uh, things my dad told me when I told him what I was going to do yeah. for a living. <laughs> His reaction to that. Um, but yeah, no, no complaints about that. But that's not what this is about. This was a, a response to a problem uh, that that I had had for a long time, and you know, just finding speakers and worship leaders for retreats and camps and stuff. You know, it's just one of those necessary evils we have to do if we don't have them in house, and we have. To, call all of our friends or we, uh, you know, we, who have you used and those kind of thing. And so then we have to do research on those guys and what they believe and how they speak. So, so I just, I, I just thought it would be a great, had this kind of, uh, idea that to put all those people in one place, what, what would it look like to have a group of people who are literally called to lead in worship, whether it be from the stage or behind the stage, even sound guys, 
like guys, I mean, whether it be from singing or speaking the word, but they're called to lead um, and, and have them. There are people who are looking for them. And there are people who want to be found as well. So, um, so let's let's make an opportunity. And, it just, and I looked around for a long time and didn't see anything like that. There are mm-hmm. a few a few collectives that that word's kind of trendy and and whatnot. There are a few collectives in certain areas. Like I found one in Virginia. They had a good group of about fifty people who were there and kind of doing that for a couple of cities around the area, but nothing on a scale that we could. Uh, promote nationally. So mm. that's kind of the idea. So I don't, I, I really, we have a, um, I have a little bit of a brain trust who's helped me kind of, you know, through the process a little bit and, and, uh, some great technical guys who've developed the website and I'm not that guy, you know, it's not <laughs> like I'm a, I'm a tech guy and say, this will be great. You know, it was, uh, here's an idea. And I went to one of our, one of the tech guys who helped us out and pitched it. And he's, he used to work for a church that I worked for doing, uh, it stuff. And now he has his own business. So he's ministry focused and loved the idea and, and helped me with a lot of that as well. You know, you think you want this, but you don't want this Mm -hmm. because you know, that's not going to work. And so, um, so it's been a, it's been a, when we say it just started, it just, it, we just recently kind of launched it, uh, a little more publicly. Um, we did a, it took about, um, about a year or so, maybe about six months. No, no, it was about nine months, almost a year to, to really get the website where we wanted it to be before we put it out and let it go. And then I, I launched it late November with about 20 or 30 friends and people who just saw it and were interested and kind of as a trial run just to work out a few tweaks as they put their things on. And we fixed a few things and, uh, and then, um, so just just about a couple of weeks ago, maybe about three weeks ago, we we kind of put it out there to the public on some of these Facebook groups that you and I are both a part of. Um, and I just kind of just said, you know, hey guys, who who's great? Who needs to be found? Who are great pastors and speakers that are doing this and have a heart for God and just love this? And others need to know about them. And so I contacted them all, and that's kind of how it all has gone from here. And so we've, I think I checked this morning. I think we have a little over a hundred right now that have signed up in the last two weeks. Um, cool. and that have created a profile. We've got about another 50 or so that I got to check back with They're They've signed on, but they haven't finished profile. So they're not on there yet. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, the idea is that you can go on and you can search for worship leaders. You can search for speakers. You can search eventually, you know, maybe in a, uh, down the road, you could search for a guitar player or a drummer if you're a worship leader. Uh, okay. If we get to the point, so right now we're really focusing on the worship leaders and speakers, um, getting that out there, getting them, trying to help them develop their profiles as well, mm-hmm. making sure they do that well. We've still got a few tweaks, run into some issues with loading videos. So, so with all that said, right now it's uh, it's free. Uh, we're just kind of letting people sign on and use it and do it. We're trying to get as many as much traffic on to see what we can handle, what we can't handle, all that stuff. Getting a lot of hits. I mean, a lot of cool. web traffic. I mean, it just blowing my mind on how many people <laughs> are actually going to the site. You know, I mean, still 102 weeks, I think, is pretty good. It's kind of where we wanted to yeah. be. So what we thought was we'd do it for about a month or two, uh, get about 300 people signed up on it, and then we would um, 
kind of pitch it out there that we're going to we're, there's going to be a subscription fee. That's kind of how the the sites maintain how we can build it. We take that money, they reinvest it into marketing, a lot of social media marketing for uh, for people to use the site. And so right now it's hard to say, hey, you should go on and use the site right now because. You know, if you live in California, I think we have one person in California mm-hmm. or two people in California. So it's kind of hard to to promote the site as usable on a nationwide basis. So mm-hmm. we're trying to get a few more people on there, and then we're going to market a lot in areas where there are uh, multiple people. Like, you know, we know we'll hit the Nashville, Atlanta, Birmingham area, and then we'll mm-hmm. probably hit the um, – I think there's a larger contingency in Texas. We'll start doing some stuff there and trying to get the word out. And in doing so, hopefully it builds people who want to be a part of it, uh, of, to be on the site. Yeah. And then, uh, but, but the number one goal, the, well, we have two goals and, and my wife's really big on helping push the community of the site. She really thinks, and, uh, and I think it's a great idea. You know, I'm thinking from the youth pastor side, how it be usable and how people mm-hmm. want to be a part of uh, going on there and finding people and how easy that's going to be and how great that's going to be. And I'm thinking that side. And she has been a part of planning worship services and has, and has been as a drummer and has been on the backside and on the front side of all that stuff. And so she just knows the value of the community among worship leaders. And, yeah. and that thing. so she wants to really make sure we develop the community aspect within the site to make it a place where people want to be, you know, maybe, maybe if you're not getting even a lot of traffic that you're not getting a lot of people call you during the year, but you want to be part of it because of the community and, and even resources. She's looking at creating content that we're going to give away, uh, how to lead, how to create a set list, how to, you know, how to be a better speaker, how to find gigs, how to, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is that you mm-hmm. are looking for. Uh, she's, looking to get people to, to volunteer, to create content, or she's going to create some and put it out there for the community. So, you know, at least it's worthy of being a part of it, even if you don't get, but a few calls a year yeah. from this. So, that's, um, yeah, that's really cool. That's kind of the vision of it. Yeah. That's, you know, it really is about, um, just making a space that we can have, uh, there'd be a one, one place to go to, to find speaker worship leader for your camps, your, if you, for a worship service, a special service, whatever you're doing, just, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We were actually, uh, um, in the process of, of developing something. We have a, a local network that's just now started, um, over the last couple of months and we're excited and we're going to do something like, uh, for, a, a kind of a combined area church, uh, thing for a bunch of our high school students this September. And, just our last meeting, we were talking about okay, who we're going to get to come in and do the band, who we're going to come in and and speak for us, and and uh, and and a lot of us started thinking, well, we know some different people, but and immediately I was like, wow, if once once your site gets really developed yep. and and fully out there, like that would be the the go to place to find, you know, when you search your area, oh, okay, here's some here's a handful of speakers that already have their profiles, we can check out what they what they sound like, what they what their message is like, or the same thing for mm-hmm. uh, for band leaders and things like that. So I'm, I'm excited for uh, for what's going to happen through this. I've I've already signed up. I'm on the list. I, I saw, <laughs> so it was free, and I was like, yeah, sure, yeah. I'll check that out and see sure. see what happens for sure. And I, well, and and, yeah. and we want all kinds of speakers and worship leaders because people say, well, you know, somehow get on. It's like, well, this guy's 
small. He's in the small church, and I'm doing this big event with 5,000 people. I'm not going to hire him. I'm sure you're not. But you know there's a lot of churches who would want somebody like that totally. who yeah. can't afford that big name and can find. And that's one of the things we tell people. It's like if you're wanting to speak, speak. Speak everywhere you can, as often as you can, and even for free as you can. You know, just mm-hmm. – do it. Do it as often and as much as you possibly can. That's the number one way to 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 get experience and the number one way to get your name out there. So totally. uh, same way with leading worship. And so if you get called, just do it. Whatever the whatever it is. If you're still just starting out, just do it. Um, but who knows? You know, you might get called from somewhere else and offer that travel. Mm-hmm. A great the great thing on the site is the map. I, I really like the map. Yep. Uh, we got to fine tune a little bit on our search to be able to because once we get numbers that we think might happen in the next year or two, we might have to refine our search mm-hmm. down because it, it, it might be too many people still to come to you. Yeah, the best way to find people right now is is on the map. Who's close to me? Mm-hmm. Who you know that way I know that maybe a little bit less expensive or travel may not be as much or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, but we're going to refine the search part of it. we've we've learned that through this. Uh, process um, as we're getting more and more, the searches bring up too many people sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we gotta, gotta, we're we're working on that as well. So it's a work in progress. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I, I feel like probably the biggest thing right now is just to say to our listeners, if you if you are one of those people that would love to to get some more experience and worship leading and musician, uh, a speaker, production people, get on there, sign up. It's free right now. And if you know other people that that should be on that list. Make sure you point them in that direction as well. So you guys can build up your database right now and, uh, and really start to, to be a, a, a true asset to, to youth ministries around the country. Absolutely. And if you're a youth pastor, look at them. There's, we've got a good solid group right now. There's, you know, it may not work out, may not be in your mm-hmm. area or, or your style, but go check it out. You can see a sampling of, of what we have. And, and we have some amazing speakers on there right now. Um, I mean, a few I've had in the past and, um, a couple who have written books that are, you know, pretty well known and some guys who are just starting out. So it fit all budgets. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Fit all budgets and all needs. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, the website's just theworshipcollective.com? It is, theworshipcollective.com. If you have any questions, my contact's on there, or it's my email is youthguyjason, U-T-H, guyjason, uh, at gmail.com. And they can contact me and just any questions they may have, help them develop the profile, whatever. And there's no pressure, really. I mean, we, we it's not a, this is not a bait and switch kind of thing. If you if you sign on, we're going to give everybody plenty of notice that we're going to start charging when we do that down the road a little bit, and we'll we'll give notice and and uh, uh, and, and we're also going to give discounts too for those who go ahead and sign up now mm. and are part of this preliminary process with us. We're going to give them uh, a pretty significant discount. We think. Uh, for the initial sign up, so cool, cool, yeah. So, so you've shared so much wisdom today, Jason. It's been it's been great to hear from you uh, and get to know you a little more and what God's been doing through you. Um, but before we wrap up, I'd love to give you a chance just to to talk about maybe a, a couple other tips that you may want to uh, to pass on to other youth workers that are listening. Um, a lot of times, I I like to to word this question, it, maybe even if you were to go back in time and you could even talk to yourself as a younger youth mm-hmm. worker, um, what are the, some things that you've learned over the years that that you yourself would have loved to have known earlier in your in your career, but uh, that other youth right. workers out there could benefit from? 
Yeah, absolutely. Run away. Run. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and the ones I say to when, I, when I've asked, been asked this question in the past and, and we talk about it all the time uh, on those Facebook groups, you know, there's people asking all the time those same questions. And, and the same thing that comes up on my mind is is a couple of things is is get connected with some other youth pastors first. Uh, you got to find some people in your area, you know, whether it be a denominational thing or just something, just you can't be on an island by yourself doing this, um, especially for those guys who move to a city that they're not familiar with and they start ministry. And especially if they're single, you know, wow, that, those guys, I mean, I, I, I've done that. And I remember sitting at home, you go do the thing at church and everyone's excited. Everybody loves you. And you go home and there's nothing. Yeah. And then the thoughts race about, am I, did I do the wrong thing? Am I at the wrong place? Should I, you know, just go to the bar or should I, whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know? And, uh, but, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta find some other people, uh, who are going through the same thing, who can support you outside of your work time, yeah. uh, especially those who are doing youth ministry. Uh, second thing I would say, it's what I mentioned a little earlier would be to, to get that mentor, to find somebody who's older, who's been doing it, uh, 15 years or so or more and, uh, call them. You don't even have to know them. Just they're in your area. Call them, take them, buy them coffee, just pick their brain, see if they're willing to meet with you on a regular basis. Uh, get to the point where you can be open and honest and share your failures. We don't think we can do that often. We think in the, within the church or within our pastoral leadership or parents, we, we don't, we can't share those things because we look like we are, uh, incompetent or have failed or, you know, that they're going to let us go because we did this mistake or, or we didn't do this right. So get somebody to help you with those things. Um, I think, and the third thing I would think, and is the other big thing is to involve parents. It's one thing I just didn't do for the longest time. My first probably eight or 10 years of ministry. Um, I just, I, it was my job. I did that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would, I would ask for volunteers. I'm not talking about volunteers. I'm talking yeah. about, you know, co-pastors with you to lead with you, to help you to, to be those small group leaders. Make sure you, you, uh, vet those people. Well, don't just put in warm bodies or willing people, but put in people who love Jesus and, and love these kids. There are people out there. You just got to find them. Be patient. Don't put in the wrong person. That's that's something terrible. You got to right. fire a volunteer. Did you, you hire? Right? You got three times as much work later. <laughs> Absolutely. Just you know, it, but but include those parents in in the ministering process mm-hmm. of the church and minister to them because it is not your job. It is yeah. their job, and mm-hmm. you're just helping them along the way. And yeah. when they know that, then then they they step up a little bit more. So yeah. that's probably the big three things I would say that are the the things that if I had known when we first started, it probably would have been super beneficial to me. Um, and, and don't be so worried about what other youth directors are doing. I mean, I, I, once you get to a big church, you think you can always say that. And, and, and I'm at a bigger church now, but always like, well, those guys have this many kids and those guys have this yeah. and they're doing this. And, and wow. You know, yeah. that's not you, that's yeah. not your church. It's not your thing. It's not what you're called to do. So, yeah. um, just, yeah. just trust in, trust in the plan. God's got you there for a reason and, and do your thing. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's the, the last thing that was so funny, uh, just because I, I did, I was one of those, those guys that moved from a small church to a big church. And I think in my mind, I was like, oh man, when I get to the big church, it's going to be great. And yeah, all that the comparison right? thing and everything is going to go away because I've arrived and now it's still there, maybe stronger than ever. <laughs> 
Absolutely. You get big church and now I'm, you know, I have a staff. Yay. I get yeah. to manage people. I'm a manager. Yay. That's what I do. Right. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and my time with students has decreased yep. immensely because yep. I have to lead others to lead students. Yep. And so, um, you know, I miss that. I miss those, yeah. those times. And so those guys who have 30 kids and they know them all and <laughs> they know their struggles, man, you know, what it wouldn't be like to go back to that. Right. Right. So right. we always want what we don't have. That's true. Always, <laughs> but I do. I enjoy where we are and this season has been great. And, um, and we're, we're really, uh, really blessed. Cool. That's awesome. Man, Jason, it's been yeah. great to have you on today. Um, I'm sure people are going to want to connect with you. Um, we know about the worship collective and everything as well, but what are some other ways that people can find you online and uh, connect with you and ask you more questions about what you've been talking about today? Yeah, absolutely. Our uh, probably easy way is our student ministry website. You can find me there, uh, roswellstudentministry.com. You can check out some of the things we're talking about, what we're doing. Uh, we put some of the resources that we do on there for I've, when I've had other youth who are youth pastors now. And so kind of the best way I can do it without just sending it to them, I just put it all online and they kind of steal some stuff off, there off there sometimes. So, uh, so in my, in my still talking and mentoring to them, but, um, also my, like, like I said, my, my web, my email is youth guy, Jason, U T H G U I Jason at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, we'd, uh, I'd love to hang out, talk to people, whatever, uh, with, not just about the worship collective, you know, that's a great thing and I'm excited about it and what, what's going on there. But, uh, youth ministry, uh, just in, in general, I just, um, just have loved it and I love all the, all the times I've been asked when I'm going to go into real ministry, you know, when I'm going to be a real preacher. And so if you had people ask you that before, give me a call, yeah. we can, we can vent together. Right. Well, awesome. Uh, again, again, yeah. Jason, it's been great to talk with you today and, um, yeah, people be sure to, to contact him and ask him all the questions you said, is it 26 years uh, of experience? Is that right? No. Wow, when you say it, when I say it, it sounds prideful. When you say it, it sounds uh, sounds old, yes, 26. 26. So there's so much more wisdom that we just didn't get into today, I'm sure. So uh, so yeah, be sure to, to contact Jason and, and ask him all your questions and uh, and and you know take him up on that um, that opportunity to vent a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, thanks again, and may God bless your ministry. Absolutely, you too, Steve. Thanks for your podcast and your ministry as well. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast as we got to hear a little bit more about what God is doing in and through Jason Scott. Be sure to follow him online and check out all those links that he talked about. You can find those in our show notes along with links to our own social media. Uh, If you have not followed us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, be sure to do that. You can find us on Instagram at the Student Ministry Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the Student Ministry Podcast. And on Twitter, we are StuMenPod. That's S-T-U. M-I-N-P-O-D. And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Steve Cullum, Instagram at Steve Cullum, and on Facebook at Steve Cullum. And I would love to connect with you. I'd also like to encourage you to share this podcast with another youth worker. Maybe someone needs to hear this story about Jason Scott or what he's doing with the Worship Collective. And if you've not subscribed, be sure to do that on your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you've heard, please be sure to leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast app. And that would be amazing. You can do that on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. We're on 
all those platforms, including Podbean, and we would love a positive review. We'd also like to thank our sponsors for this podcast. Once again, WorkCampNE. You can find their website at WorkCampNE.com and also the National Network of Youth Ministries at YouthWorkers.net. Be sure to check them out and be sure to let them know that the Student Ministry Podcast sent to you. Thanks again for tuning in to the Student Ministry Podcast. And until next time, may God bless your ministry. 